you should think about wanting to a shrink. Why should I pay someone when we can talk for free and then go get a drink or whatever? getting into the nitty-gritty you know the things that kind of hold people back how to overcome those things so make sure you stick you stick with us we had our first instagram live this week it was yeah we did it was exciting it was i think so you know the topic was with mental health a serious one and it was definitely a needed one and we were so happy um, about the turnout and how many people really just wanted to hear about the warning signs of suicide and what they can do if um, there's someone who is experiencing suicidal thoughts or if they have a loved one who is experiencing the same. And, you know, it just helps us to feel less helpless when we know more about what someone's going through and like what we can do to help. Yeah, and I think I know with our with our episodes, sometimes it takes a bit long because you know we have to edit them and things like that. But with that, we kind of wanted to get it out like it really quickly, and so we decided, mm-hmm. you know, let's try Instagram Live. So if you aren't following us, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Adulthood Loading Podcast. So when we do those quick things and we provide quick updates on what we're up to, or if we're talking about a special topic, you will be in the know. Um, like Emma and I said, it was really nice to be able to actually interact and kind of hear the questions and do that whole thing live. So, mm-hmm. so let's have a check in, Emma. How you doing? How you feeling? I think I'm okay. I'm 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 ready to start this season. You know, it's been a while, but it's good to be back. What about you? I think same. I think the live was like a little like warm up. And now I'm excited Mm -hmm. to, like, get into some of the episodes that we have planned. I think especially this one, like, therapy. You know, like, coming into the new year, a lot of people have resolutions and things that they want to do. And I think a lot of people kind of have, like, go into therapy on their, like, list now. Yeah. I don't know how much of you have actually fulfilled that resolution as yet, but there's no judgment here. There's no judgment here because we're going to get into all things therapy in this episode now. And I think it's going to help you. So whether you have started the process, whether you haven't and you're just thinking about it, just given all the uncertainty and the rapid changing and like protocols, this pandemic, every week it's another variant. Don't Don't say that. You know, and then life happening all through that as well. I feel like all of us needs to be in therapy. Yeah, so much has happened for sure. And you know, when your arm is broken, what do you do? You go to the doctor, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're having mental health challenges or you just want your life to continue feeling great, you want to continue more of the things that you're already doing that are contributing to um, a life that you enjoy, you know, you go to 
therapist. And I love that you said that, Emma, because a lot of times people feel like therapy is only when life is challenging or only when things might not be going their way and they don't realize how useful a tool therapy can be. If you're like, maybe, Mm -hmm. okay, let's say you just got a new promotion. It's a big change. You might have to move cities or move islands. And, you know, therapy could kind of help you work through that, you know? And I think it kind of goes back to like the stigma, the stigma that exists around mental health and around therapy that kind of acts as a deterrent, right? Because when we think about some of the things that can hold someone back, maybe they might be embarrassed because even though they see it as a tool to better themselves or to work through a process, you know, if I tell my friend I'm going to therapy, they're going to think something's wrong with me. Or even if you suggest to someone, hey, have you thought of therapy? It's like they get get offended sometimes. And yeah, it definitely comes from the stigma because they might be thinking like, oh, you think I'm crazy? Oh, you think I need something's wrong with me? I'm weak. So I need therapy when it's like this this is just a very helpful tool and like we mentioned it could be that you want to enhance your life but even even if it's a situation where you're really struggling right now i applaud you because you are reaching out for help yeah and that's not always a very easy thing to do and you know another thing that people say i hear this a lot with therapy like oh well you know i have friends or family that i can talk to or like even with clients, sometimes there's this um, statement that, um, well, you know, I feel like I've already done therapy because I've talked about it so much with my family and my friends, you know, and I've gotten their feedback as well. When, you know, your family and friends, they, ha- they have great intentions. Mm-hmm. They may have great intentions. And um, the thing is, even with those intentions, sometimes they're biased. And so they're they're looking at your situation from their own perspective and based on um, things that have happened to them or that what they've gone through. And sometimes it's not a very um, neutral lens because of that. And then, too, with therapists, you know, they're trained to we're trained to help you to get to those aha moments that you may not always get with your friends and your family and to help you to get to that like corrective emotional experience where you have these little changes that are contributing significantly in a better way to yourself and your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, having friends and family um, to speak to is a resource once it's a situation where it's like safe and they're understanding um, and things of that nature. But when you think about therapy, it's a bit different you know, people kind of assume that therapy is just simply talking about your problems. Um, I mean, it is called talk therapy, but we're not just venting, you know. When you go to a therapist, they're using like evidence-based tools. It's backed by research, it's backed by science, you know, these methods, the strategies that your therapist use, like these things, like Emma said, we're trained, right? Your therapist is supposed to be trained to utilize these tools for you to kind of see, well, this is the way I started at point A. They use those mm-hmm. those evidence-based tools to get you to point B, where you have made clear to them where you prefer to be, right? And when you're talking to a family or friend, right. they don't really have that training. And so, like Emma said, though their intentions are good, 
sometimes their biases and their worldview, or maybe even their religion, um, their religious views, those things can impact the response that you get, right? And it's not to bash them, you know, they're just working within their capacity, but sometimes that could be really harmful. So for example, we know like in the Caribbean, a lot of there's, there's, there's homophobia, right? And so if you yeah. fee, if you prioritize only going to friends and family, but you feel like your friends and family have already made it clear where they stand, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be a safe environment for you to be able to be open and honest and kind of share your feelings compared to, you know, coming to me or Emma or another therapist or psychologist and saying, you know, these are the realities of what I'm facing. I just want to share and I want to get to that point B. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, it can be really hard opening up about your feelings to people or just opening up about feelings in general because, you know, a lot of us were taught that, you know, it's not okay for you to have feelings. If you have feelings, you're being rude. Um, you have nothing to worry about. It's just like you should be happy or lucky all the time because you had food on the table or you you had love in the family or whatever it may be and the thing is it, you know it's scary opening up it's scary being yeah. vulnerable especially about maybe some things that you never talked about or you haven't yet had the courage to address and it makes sense because you're trying to protect yourself from that from maybe the pain of what you experience or are currently experiencing and um you know sometimes you even have these family and cultural norms that you know you got to keep everything private keep that in the family mm-hmm. and you know you could handle it on, on your own you don't let strangers in on family secrets but this can be really harmful it can be harmful to you the other members of the family and you know therapy can help with so many things and helping you to slowly work through um these feelings and work through why you know it's helpful to talk about these things that we've been taught to keep secret or to get help for them as well yeah so true and i think um even as you were talking it made me think you know there's a difference between privacy and and secrecy right because i know a lot of times people just say oh we're just the family just wants to keep things private or you know, don't be talking our business out on the streets and, and things like that. And it's just like, if something harmful is going on, you know, who who is really being protected in this situation? Because how holding that in, not being able to share, not being able to talk about it, and then people downplaying it too. Like, oh, well, I put a roof over your head. So why are you... Why are you depressed? Or why are you saying that you're depressed when I gave you everything? You know, that isn't the most. Mm, or, oh, that happened so long ago. That happened so long ago. Why are you bringing that up now? You know, it's like, yeah, it happened mm-hmm. long ago, but it still hurts. I still feel the impacts from it. And that's a very relevant and significant feeling. And having that validation is something that you could definitely expect when you engage in therapy. And I think in addition to like... um what you shared just now, Emma, I've also heard people kind of say, well, I don't have time for that right now. Right. And I think, Mm -hmm. 
And I know, like, even when I have things that I really, really need to do, sometimes I say I don't have time for it. But we make time for the things that we prioritize. So that's true. If it is that you feel like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't want to sit around and have a talk um, and talk with someone um, for an hour. That's going to take away time from work, you know, X, Y, and Z. But the thing is to kind of see it as an investment. It's just as important for you to be in the right frame of mind and in the right space to be at work, to engage with your kids, to be there for your family and friends, you know, things like that. And so I think between that and also... I guess maybe like not like a sense of urgency because for example, mm-hmm. if I twisted my arm and I felt that physical pain, sometimes it'll get me to the doctor quicker than if maybe I feel like I'm like, if I feel like I'm stressed out, I know that I like, it's easy to kind of, you have that tendency to kind of feel like you could push through. And what I was thinking about, like reflecting on it when we was like doing this episode is that when it comes to our mental health, a lot of times we feel like we could push through. We feel like that kind of fog and that those challenges is like the uh, the norm. We don't realize, like some people be waking up, "Ah, it's a great day. They have all this energy, you know, they're in the vibe, they're settled, they're present, you know, they got their morning routine. Like some people are out there living that life. And so what we've become so accustomed to feeling in terms of being stressed, bogged down, tired, like because we equate it with the normal and it doesn't have that like sharp pain of like, you know, our physical, compared to our physical health, a lot of times people feel like they could push past it and it's not as pressing, it's not as urgent. So I could do that later. I don't really need to make time for it. But like we've been preaching when you're not right here you're going to feel it elsewhere. So you need to make the time. True, true, true. And then like, you know, you don't have to wait until things are so terrible that you cannot function. Like I know it's it's scary, you know, reaching out for help. And maybe as it becomes worse, it can become scarier because maybe you might be thinking, oh, I should have just, you know, I should have just started sooner than I wouldn't be in this situation. It's okay. You can start now. You can start in a week. You you can start, you know, like, I know we're past the New Year's and everything, and that's where everybody wants to start things, but you don't need to wait until January to start something that is good for you. And, you like, you don't need a holiday to tell you, like, okay, now's the time. You can decide at any point, and you're not late. You're not, you know, you haven't waited too late, and you're just... There's no hope. There's always hope. And there is help as well for you. Because I know I know, I had big plans for January. And life just had other plans for me. For us too, with the podcast. We were like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to stop back. It's going to stop yeah. back strong. And I think each, each of sure, us kind of sure. had to just be like, you know, we could just stop back in February. And that's okay. It doesn't need to be January. And if if February kind of went left too, we still could have started back in March. So I I definitely love that, Emma. Like, we don't need to start, like, at the beginning of the month. Or let me just handle these other things first. It doesn't always have to be like that. Um, And I know 
Mm-hmm. I know what also can take time too is even finding a therapist. So let's say you decided to make the time. Ooh, let's say you make the time, you make it a priority, you know. The reality is in the Caribbean, our mental health resources aren't quite up. They ain't up. They ain't up. They ain't up the paw in terms of it being super easy to find people. And then I think because our, our population is so small too, it's also finding someone that mm-hmm. you feel comfortable going to that you don't know. Like it's not your auntie, sister, cousin. or And, and you know, having that like, Having having that piece like sense of mind like okay what I say to you is gonna be like confidential, it's not going to be the talk of the town. Like not like confidential, <laughs> confidential. Like it's like no exactly exactly. <laughs> so I think I find so even when someone has overcome all those things that we mentioned before and they actually start looking for one, that in mm-hmm. itself can be a challenge and can be a deterrent. And I even recognize that too because. For us in the mental health field, we kind of know exactly where to go. But is it really publicized, like, to the average person? Yeah, what to do, who to go to, who to ask. And that could be, that could, that could be really frustrating. Like, after you say someone build up that courage and say, all right, I'm ready. It's almost like, so now what? Another factor is, you know, not being able to Mm -hmm. afford it. So um, that is a major deterrent too sometimes. And sometimes you're thinking like, well, I have all these other bills. How am I supposed to afford this? And I want to go consistently. And then I think that could also lead sometimes to people trying to like rush therapy. But sometimes, especially with trauma, it's so important to move at a slow pace so you don't overwhelm yourself and overwhelm your nervous system. So you do it in in a... safe environment and you create this you just create this environment of safety for the client as well because remember we're our one of our number one ethical um principles and ethical codes is to avoid harm and so that's what we're constantly doing but you know not being able to afford it is a major major thing and so we will also give you some tips on what you can do yeah i think um just in terms of the afford thing i think that's definitely one of the major hinders in terms of accessibility to therapy because like we've already outlined like um therapy has a lot of benefits it's great but it's almost like what's the good Mm -hmm. of it if people can if the average person can access it and so i think if you are someone who is interested in therapy you don't know where to look you don't know where to even um, begin considering. You're unsure of your budget. You're unsure how much a therapist costs. I said it first. I'd say the first thing that you need to do is probably reach out to your local psych association, um, because those are the ones who are gonna kind of give you a sense of, okay, who 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 provides this service? Where could I get it? What are the rates? And where could you find someone who is for example, if they're working in the public healthcare system, it could either be free or really mm-hmm. subsidized and more within your budget. Um, if it is that you have insurance through your work or through school, because I know university students, sometimes they have insurance, then they might have their own services or persons in the private sector that they could access. Um, so I'd always encourage a person to go to their psych association as like a really good starting point to figure out what options are available 
And I know that we've been talking about like mostly like talk therapy and stuff like that, but that's not even the only option in terms of types of therapy. Cause you know, some people they're not into the talking, Mm -hmm. but then you have like art therapy, you know, you have different modalities. So when you, when you go to ask, try to figure out, well, what, what is available for someone, um, based on my style or what it is that I need. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like another thing that can deter people from going to therapy too is, you know, they had a bad experience with the therapist. So now they're saying like, oh God, therapy doesn't work for me. Oh, this therapist was terrible. I felt like they didn't get me. I also felt like they didn't really know what they were doing or vice versa, you know? Um, and the thing is, I think that maybe sometimes people don't know this. Like, if you don't like your therapist or you don't feel comfortable with your therapist, because you cannot like your therapist and they're still doing a good job. <laughs> and you can, you recognize that. But, like, you don't have to keep them. You could decide to get another therapist. Yeah. You could just say, this isn't right fit for me. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with someone I feel more comfortable with. Um some people feel more comfortable with women some people feel more comfortable with men some people feel more comfortable with non-binary therapists you know it's really up to you and what you feel more comfortable with and um safer with too as well and you know you could test it out you could test it out and see like okay let me see how this these three sessions are going and i don't really like it oh you know i'll stick it out you don't have to stay it's kind of like, you know, even your most intimate doctors, like a gynecologist or, so it's just like, you know, you want to go to someone you feel comfortable with, as comfortable with as possible. And so it's, it's the same situation here and you have the power to decide if you want to stay or you don't want yeah. to, at least mm-hmm. with this there. And I, it's, it's. So while it's not a family or a friend, it's still a type of relationship too. And, you know, sometimes relationships mm-hmm. just don't work out and that's okay. And I think um, yeah. even when we start to think about and discuss poor experiences, so let's say you did try therapy before and it wasn't what you anticipated, um, you still got information from that and you still benefited from that because it's kind of telling you now, well, I know I want someone who's a little bit younger or I want someone who's a bit older. I want someone who maybe it's a, it's a different time span. Maybe I prefer something in person versus virtual. It's still giving you information. And so don't feel as if something is wrong with you or like it just won't work. I think it's just like Emma says, finding the right fit. And kind of taking the information or whatever lessons that you've learned from that experience um, to find a new a new therapist. And I think that what also goes with that is kind of figuring out what, what it is that you would want more of too. Because I know for a lot of people, therapy is like a new experience. And the mm-hmm. only thing you have to compare it to is like your relationship with your friends and family. Um, so I think even if you try and it, it's not quite what you anticipated, you still could say, well, 
make that little list of what I want more of and kind of keep that in mind when you do go and you shop around mm-hmm. the therapist. Because I know um, Emma mentioned, you know, when you're dealing with like an intimate doctor, so like a gynecologist, I know the average person kind of like ask around too. Like, well, who do you yeah. go to? <laughs> or even like for dentists or um, even just a GP, like in the Caribbean, you know, word of mouth runs yeah. things. So don't even hesitate if you know someone who did disclose that they went to therapy to kind of ask them, because I'm sure that they went to more than one person as well. Mm-hmm. And then you could just ask, like you said, like ask the family doctor, your GP for referrals. And, you know, sometimes with um, practices, you don't even need a referral from like a psychiatrist or a family doctor. You can come yourself and say, you know what, I want to work on this. Or if you want to do testing, you know, I have a query about um i don't know i just always felt a little odd and i want to know more about myself and how i can manage i think the quirks that i have on a daily basis so anything like that and you know when it comes to the fee marissa mentioned like a bunch of options you can also ask if you know a therapist that you're interested in has a sliding scale fee option so what they may do is if they do have that is they could lower the cost per session if you're having financial challenges right so that could be helpful mm-hmm. as or like well. even um based on your income bracket too so based on what they know you can refor- afford they kind of have a sense of okay well based on what you've disclosed this would be the price for you to access services so don't don't hesitate to kind of make that financial need known. I know we don't like to talk about money, but I think mm-hmm. just having that bit of transparency um, is better than kind of just assuming because I don't have it, I won't be able to to get it at all. Like we had a, a we did a poll a time I think on Instagram, and people would say like some of the reasons why they didn't want to go to therapy. And one of them was, you know, I don't know if I'm unready. I'm ready to unpack all of that trauma. Like, what if it's just, you know, so much, it's just too overwhelming. And, you know, some, when we've been numbing feelings for so long, when we start to feel them, it can become overwhelming. And that's why it's so it's so helpful when we can do that in a safe place with someone who's trained to do that with you, like a therapist. And, you know, it can be scary um, and it can be beneficial at the same time. And so that's why that like slow pace is so important, especially when unpacking um, trauma, just making sure you feel as safe as possible, you know, re-traumatized. And... Um, you know, it's scary now and it's beneficial later and in the moment because as much as we think sometimes like, oh no, I'm pushing it down so it's not impacting my life, it likely is. It's likely impacting your relationships. It's likely impacting your work, your home life, your maybe even a lot of your behaviors and even the way you think about others and yourself. So therapy in that way can be it can illuminate a lot of things um for the better yeah and i I think to add to emma's point you know when you're 
So once you've kind of identified what it is that you'd want to pursue, um, that you kind of want to be the focus of your therapy, like to unpack with your therapist, especially when you're thinking about like trauma mm-hmm. or if you are someone like with a diagnosis, I think it's important to even just think about that type of training um, that your therapist would have had to have. So interacting with people and some of the questions that I even get, a lot of people don't really understand the differences in training between a psychologist, um, a counselor, a therapist, um, Mm. things like that, because we kind of just use the Mm -hmm. terms in an interchangeable way. Yeah, so I think for them it's kind of challenging to kind of figure out like, okay, well, if it's all the same thing, then it doesn't really matter, the training. Um, But the thing about training is, if it is that you want to pursue therapy to kind of unpack your trauma, you'd need to make sure that whoever it is, 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 has some type of like evidence-based training to kind of handle that and in, in, in trauma, trauma, right? Because we as therapists, psychologists, mm-hmm. counselors, we know that our whole thing is to do no harm and we're not to be operating outside of our scope mm-hmm. of our training and our expertise and things of that nature. And so when you do engage with your psych association or when you do like ask a GP or your family network, if if it is someone that you know who has went to therapy before um, about the person, get a sense of what their training entails. Because a lot of even the programs kind of overlap and touch on some of the same topics. Um, So you can't really assume that just because someone Mm -hmm. has a title that they're well-versed in this. And sometimes whether it's on their website or um, their Instagram page, because psychologists, therapists, they have Instagram pages or social media pages, kind of look and see what they say. Yes, yes. Like us, like us. I'm telling y'all, y'all need to follow us on Instagram. They kind of highlight what it is that they specialize in, you know, which groups, which um, which mental health challenges, things like that. Because if it is that you, I think before we were talking yeah. about like not everyone goes for trauma or a clinical diagnosis. Some people go to kind of work through a major life adjustment. True. So sometimes you have like life coaches um, or yeah. I can't mm-hmm. think of one, but there's, there's just so many different professionals within the mental health field it's just a matter of figuring out what's the ideal um emma and i have put together some tools as well to kind of help you think through because i know it's a lot and we're not all audio learners so i hope no one was trying to scribble down all the notes because we have a checklist we have resources for you that we're gonna share so please y'all make sure y'all follow our instagram page adulthood loading podcast because that's where we're going to drop a checklist about what are some of the things that you should consider before starting therapy, during the process of looking at therapists, and also when you do finally connect with a therapist. And for those of you who, you know, maybe the finances are just not allowing it right now. Yes, it's the goal and mine to eventually get to therapy, but just the financial constraints are not allowing it. We also have um, a list of tools and resources that you could tap into if it's just not feasible for therapy right now and that could kind of help bridge the gap between when you get like a little bit more stable financial footing and you're ready to engage with a therapist 
thank you all so much for listening. You know, the reality is that, you know, starting therapy can be scary and even more so when we don't feel ready. So it's easy to think of a whole scroll of reasons why, you know, I shouldn't go. And it can also be stressful when there's so many hurdles to cross over just to get the help that you need. And that in itself can be, you know, annoying, scary, um, saddening, frustrating, and it can even leave us feeling helpless sometimes. The thing is, you know, therapy can be transformative. Trans- transformative. I thought maybe it was just an accent thing. <laughs> even when you're ready. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Therapy can be transformative, especially when you're ready to put in what you're ready to get out of it. Okay? So if that's you, and you're ready, or you're thinking about getting ready... You have some tools for you, and you have some tools that you might want to share.